0: What is up, bitches? This is Morgan.
1: What's up, bitches? This is Sierra. And this is Bitches, is bitches and murders. murders. Two for two, bitch! Killing it. Killing it. Killing it. Killing it. Okay. I'm All really right. excited
0: about this episode.
1: I am ready for you to fuck up my day so that I can fuck up your day. Because my last episode was too nice. It's too nice.
0: You're going to hate this.
1: I'm ready. Here
0: we are. And today, we're talking about Keith Hunter Jesperson.
1: That's a name.
0: So, nope, we're actually not going to talk about his moniker yet. We're going to get to that later. That's a later issue.
1: That's that's a later Morgan problem.
0: (laughs) Yep, that's a later me problem
1: great so
0: keith was born april sixth of 1955 in chilliwack british columbia which is canada um so he was born to leslie and gladys jesperson as the middle child of five so he had two brothers and two sisters as well damn so his father was an alcoholic um and very like aggressive um and and then his grand yeah right like who's surprised and then his grandpa on that side like on his dad's side was also like the same way so like that's who his dad learned it from basically oh good Good. um both the grandpa and keith also had like a fascination with fire so we love that
1: This is
0: not boding well for Keith. Yeah, it bodes less well for Keith later on. I'm not going to lie to you.
1: Great.
0: (laughs) So his dad has always, like, vehemently denied that he was abusive. Um, But a biographer uh, that was, like, writing a book about this guy, like, interviewed a bunch of the family. And all of the family were, like... Yeah, he was abusive as fuck. So, <sighs> so uh, his dad is also really good at taking responsibility.
1: We love people who can't take personal responsibility. They always, you know, raise well-adjusted adults. So,
0: his whole childhood is just honestly a shit show. Um, so, we're gonna start with his earliest memory. Oh, no. his earliest memory was of rolling a large rock down the slide like at the play park because his little brother was sitting at the end like in the like wood chips at the end of the slide and he took a giant rock and <gasps> rolled it down the slide to hit his brother in the head which like split his brother's head open he didn't get like any permanent damage or anything but like no. fucked him up a little bit
1: no what
0: Judas no <laughs> Judas like br- like he was literally like probably three or four when this happened
1: Jesus fucking Christ
0: so his next next uh fun fun childhood <laughs> fun times um started when he was about five he um started to kill and torture animals Oop, at five there it is at five
1: yeah that's too young to be doing the things
0: um he would regularly bash in gopher heads he would nail crows to a board and then he would throw knives at them
1: listen here you little shit leave the crows alone
0: He also would steal neighborhood cats and dogs, small dogs, and also nail them to a board. And he would, like, stick them with, like, more nails or, like, needles.
1: I'm sorry, but, like, if I find out the local serial killer in the making takes my fucking dog and stabs nails into him, I'm going John Wick on his ass. Like, that's... Oh, just wait. Oh, no. That
0: that sort of comes up. Do you want to know what his favorite thing to do with animals was,
1: though? No. And you're going to tell me, even though I don't want to know. He would crimp together two
0: cats' tails using wire. And then he would, like, put them over, like, a rope. Like, use the rope to kind of, like, hold them up by the tail a little bit. Um, and they would be upset, obviously, and they'd end up clawing each other until one of them died. And then they could, like, bite through the tail and get out of there.
1: I literally hate everything about it.
0: And the best part about this. No. Is that his dad watched him do this. And encouraged it he would brag about it to other people
1: are you fucking kidding me
0: one particular event that he liked to brag about was when he saw him throw a cat across the pavement like not across the pavement like into the pavement until and, and like kind of knocked it out and then he strangled it to death and his dad would brag about this like it was something his dad was proud of
1: I just like how are you how as like a family friend, are you hearing this and not being, like, mm, child protective services? Or, like...
0: I mean, it also was 1961.
1: Therapy. <laughs> oh, well. And still, even by 1961 standards, like, this is fucked.
0: Yeah, it was pretty fucking bad. So, he did not really great with anybody honestly like
1: don't say.
0: he was not very well liked at school Um, which honestly wasn't really his fault At f- I mean at first obviously <laughs> Um, but they like made fun of him a lot because he was really big like he like hit his growth spurts like really early mm. uh, so he was like way bigger than all the other kids so they would like make fun of him a lot um, and then, like, when he would go home, like, his brothers, their favorite nickname for him was Igor. Oh, no. And they would, like, like, his dad, like I said, was, like, super abusive. And he was kind of, like, the scapegoat of the family. So, like, he was always getting blamed for all their problems. Like, he would get beat. He would get belted. Um, and one time his dad even took him out to their greenhouse and shocked him. Jesus. Which his dad said he only did it with 12 volts um, but Keith claims he did it with 220 volts.
1: I mean anything more than zero volts is too many volts.
0: Yeah, no, I am with you on that one. <laughs> What's um, Keith's
1: full name again?
0: Uh, Hunter Jesperson. Oh, he's a the- big fucking dude. He's 6'7 and, like, 255 pounds.
1: He's a big fucking dude. I
0: yeah, he was large. Shit. And he was large from, like, a very young age. Oh, my God. So, when he was young, they ended up moving from Canada, from British Columbia, to Sella, Washington. Um, and they moved into, like, a trailer park. And Keith was not excited about this move. And, like, it didn't really change anything for him. Like, he had the same problems as before. His family still sucked. Nobody really liked him at home. He'd go to school. They didn't really like him there either. Hmm. Um, when he was nine, he... <laughs> this shit's a little bit funny. I'm not going to lie. Oh, no. Uh, so he was out on the fucking street. And this lady was in a car with her son. And I don't know what she did like maybe she was just being a dick or something but he called her a bitch like he yelled at the car and called her a bitch which he was nine so like keep your potty mouth in check sir but uh and this, this lady stops stops her car her 16-year-old son gets out and runs over to keith punches him in the face And then, like, he falls down, and he ends up kicking him a couple of times, wearing, like, these big old cowboy boots. And so Keith gets home, beat to shit, and his (laughs) family's like, why are you beat to shit? So he explains what happened, and then his father beats him more. Oh, my God. Beats him, as it was described, until he couldn't scream anymore. Which, like, honestly, when you find out what he did later, you're like no you kind of deserve that shit like i don't feel that bad later
1: on because <laughs> yeah i mean like but I'm just, you were like, torturing animals by the time you were five there's there's no helping you like, so at this point exactly. anything that happened you deserved
0: yeah like you are already a dick like when you're doing stuff that early like i get that he was kind of abused as like a little baby but like there is no excuse for that, especially at that young of an age. Like, no, I don't feel bad for this guy. I actually think it's kind of funny he got the shit kicked out of him. He kind of fucking deserved it.
1: <laughs>
0: um, anyways. Anyway. <laughs> now that, that tirade's over. Um. And then he also said about this time period that, like, he would also think about, like, when he was, um, like, killing these animals, he would think about what it would be like to do it to a human instead. So when he was 10 uh his first like violent act against a person happened. Oh, Jesus um he had this good friend named Martin who like together they were kind of like little hellraisers and they were like always getting in trouble. And it seems kind of more like Martin was a hellraiser and Keith just kind of got blamed for it a lot of the time which seems kind of on par for like the rest of his life so (laughs) i you know i believe it um but he got really annoyed and was like i'm always taking the blame for this like i'm getting in trouble all the time and i'm like not actually doing anything wrong so one day he just fucking snaps just absolutely snaps and just starts beating the shit out of martin just, like, attacks him out of nowhere. Um, the only reason he ended up stopping was because his dad, like, physically dragged him off of Martin. And, like, he told his dad later, like, yeah, I was absolutely going to kill him. Like, that's what I was doing.
1: Jesus fucking Christ. Um, Which,
0: I'm surprised his dad wasn't fucking bragging about that, too. Right? <laughs> I also forgot to mention, uh, which is a little bit funny as well, uh, on top of, like, his, you know, his family kind of treating him like shit, another way that they treated him like shit was his dad would charge him and his brothers, like, rent. Mm. Like, what? from a very young age. And then, later on, Keith found out that his brothers, like, got to stop paying, like, years ago. Like, years earlier. And he was, like, still paying. Like, just nobody told him. Like... They're such fucking dicks to him. Um, Keith's dad at one point also gave him a BB gun, uh, which he used to shoot a neighbor in the genitals.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And then he shot another dude in the ass when he was bending over, like, picking fruit. We love that. Um, his second violent act happened when he was 11. He was out swimming at a local lake. Like, so him and his friend were, like, out at the lake. And his friend ended up, like... Like, his friend kind of pulled him under and was, like, holding him under. But, like, held him under oh, until no. he ended up losing consciousness. Um, And so, obviously, he got, like... And I don't know if this kid, like was just fucking around and like took it too far or if he was like purposely trying to hurt him. Like kid, I'm not really sure. Like I couldn't find like the intent behind it. Kid, um, kid you should have followed through. Honestly, honestly though. Um, But they end up going to, you know, a couple weeks later, they end up going to a public pool together and Keith held the boy under the water. Like, trying to drown him until a lifeguard like pulled him off and like forced him to stop (laughs) Oh jeez! which like damn Keith why didn't you suggest you go to the lake again like don't have lifeguards (laughs) (laughs) like why would you do that in a public pool with a lifeguard like obviously you're gonna get caught you stupid fucking idiot
1: obviously you were not committed you stupid fucking idiot (laughs) (sighs)
0: um so at age 14 he ended up getting um like sexually assaulted Mm-hmm. Um, him and a couple of like classmates had a like a neighborhood like dairy guy like back in the day when there was milk delivery men
1: <laughs> I was so um, confused what you meant by that I was like dairy like guy like, what the fuck milk
0: that? man that's what those there are you called go. I could not I think like, of the
1: word it's like um, what are you it's like she's trying to speak to me I just know it <laughs>
0: Um, But he basically like forced them to strip off all of their clothes and then like stripped off his own clothes and like try to get them to touch him. But like Keith ended up like getting away and like running away. Um, He also started shoplifting around this time. Um, And then he also at one point shot a uh, fucking, a, an exploding arrow. What a literal exploding arrow! What in the fucking
1: Hawkeye are you talking about?
0: He literally made like a homemade explosive arrow and shot it at one of his teachers.
1: What in the goddamn Green Arrow?
0: I also had a um a little quote, a little quote from a classmate of his. Good, you know how much I love quotes. That described him as, and these are their words, obviously. uh, He could be bright when he wanted to, but then he would do something stupid. He'd be too kind or too mean, too generous or too stingy. You never saw the in-between. I always wondered if he was in control of his own brain, if he might have had brain damage. He sure acted like it.
1: (laughs) Damn. Roasted. But also, like, not wrong, <laughs> but roasted.
0: So around this time period as well, he also was sexually assaulted, like, fully sexually assaulted, like, actually raped. Mm-hmm. Um, But we don't know by who because he never said, but, like, he did a lot of, like, writings later on. And, like, he described it happening, but not, like necessarily how it happened or like who it was with. It was just like in very general terms of like, oh yeah, the first time I had sex, I was raped and I was like 14.
1: Like general is in we don't want to revisit it or general isn't like Amber Heard.
0: <laughs> no, I think general is in like we didn't want to risk it. Okay. Or, like he I he probably honestly like I got the vibe that it was probably um done by like a man. hmm which is, and, like, obviously back in that time, it wasn't, like, seen as okay to be gay. So, like, he probably just didn't want to talk about it. Gotcha. Um, where did I go? Oh, yeah. This is also around the time period that he started getting into pipe bombs and cannons. So we love that. That escalated so quickly. <laughs> Which is weird because, uh, sorry, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> he never ends up, like, shooting anybody, ever. So it's, like, or, or like, setting any fires or like, shooting off any explosives. So it's, like, he, he was so creative in his childhood with these things and, like, the weird shit that he would do to animals. Like, that's not, like, normal killing animal shit. Like, that's, like, extra weird shit. Uh, and then none of that really translates later on in his killings, which is Kind of strange to me. It was a side hobby, but anyways. So in 1971, when he's 16, his pretty much his only friend uh, was his Labrador Retriever, <laughs> whose name was Duke. Oh. Um, Duke Isn't ends up Duke getting shot it... by his dad. No. <sighs> and his dad like made up this lie and was like. Yeah, Duke wasn't looking so good. Uh, I think he might have gotten into some poison, like some rat poison or something. So I just like took him out back and shot him. Why? So things just get worse. Do any more animals die? No, we're done with the animals. Okay, good. But the animals were not a fun time. I'm kind of glad that they were at the beginning so I could just get the fuck through that and move on with my life. Because <laughs> I don't ever want to think about it again. Yeah. Um, so if we were looking for some brain damage. <laughs> here it is. Um, <laughs> in 1972, when he was 17 years old, he. This, this. this poor bitch. Uh, but like I said, he deserves every second of it. But like, fuck, man, this dude, it, it, like never lets up for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the rope in gym class the thing it, that everybody fucking hates oh that's super dangerous and i don't understand why they ever let us
1: do that I but literally do not understand how that was like a school sanctioned event so they had a rope
0: he was obviously not in the best of shape was always teased because he couldn't make it up the rope
1: yeah because so, dude's probably 200 pounds by that point that shit's fucking hard
0: well you know what our man keith he proved those bullies wrong, right? Oh. And he made it all the way to the top of the fucking rope. And that man touched the ceiling, and you know what fucking happened? He fell. The rope snapped. Oh no. He fell 25 feet straight to the hardwood floor and, oh. like, basically directly on his head.
1: Oh no. How did that not kill him? He got really fucking lucky. Wow, that is a lot of fucking brain damage.
0: <laughs> but we did not.
1: <coughs>
0: we did not get lucky. <laughs> he uh he definitely should have died right fucking there. Uh and a lot of people would have been saved a lot of trouble, let me just <laughs> fucking tell you, but anyways. Um so 1973, he graduates. Uh he was ranked 161 Out of 174. Oh, Jesus. And they IQ tested him, and his IQ was 102. So honestly, though, like, the fucking fall and shit, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the number was higher before that fall. And, like, was much lower after the
1: fall. Yeah. Because that shit would
0: give anybody brain damage. Right. Right. Like if he didn't have brain damage before, like he's definitely for sure, undeniably has it has brain damage now. <laughs> um, so he didn't have it. Oh, I forgot to mention this too. Well, now I'll get into it in a second. Uh, so he graduates from high school, uh, but he didn't even apply to college. Never even thought about attending college because his dad basically just shut that shit down immediately. Mm-hmm. His dad was like, "Nope, don't even think about it. Don't even try." you're not getting in you can't do it you're not smart enough
1: Wow. so i mean he's probably right but that's still harsh to say to your kid yeah like what a fuck dude <laughs> like you
0: could have at least let him apply like i mean honestly with it sounds like with his grades and stuff like he probably wouldn't have gotten in except for maybe like a community college or something but you could have at least let him like try um so if you couldn't guess uh by the nickname igor um And everything else I've said so far. Um, Keith was not the most popular with the ladies. No. In fact, he was so not popular with the ladies that he'd never been on a date, never went to a school dance, didn't go to prom, like, nothing. By the time he graduated, like, literally zero. Never had a first kiss, like, nothing at all. I am so shocked. This is my very shocked voice. <laughs> <laughs> However... After um high school, he did meet um this girl named Rose, Rose Huck. Sorry to think about how to pronounce that last (laughs) name for a second. No, you're good. Um so yeah, they hit it off. Cool, good time. (laughs) We love it here for them. Um so they 1985, his mom dies, and then he didn't really like care. Very much like this was not like a super like upsetting thing for him. Um, so, nineteen eighty five, his mom dies. Nineteen eighty six, him and Rose end up getting married. Oh, so in their kind of oh wait no, sorry, nineteen seventy five, they get married. Nineteen eighty five, his mom died. Cool. Sorry, got those dates mixed up. Um, they ended up having three children together. So they had two daughters and a son. And this whole time, like he is working as like a interstate truck driver, so he's he's making good money, but like he's also gone a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they're chilling, they're having a good relationship, it's fine. Um, and then, quite a few years into their relationship, uh, Rose gets a couple of like calls at their home from like strange women like, random-ass women, like, calling and asking for him. And she gets really sketched out about this, obviously. Yeah, that's suspicious. Yeah, so she starts, you know, accusing him of cheating and having an affair. Um, they start fighting a lot. And they end up breaking up uh, 14 years into their marriage. So they were married for, like, a good amount of time. Yeah. Um. So 14 years into their marriage, when he's on the road... Uh, Rose just packs up all of her and the kids shit and drives 200 miles to move in with her parents in Spokane, Washington.
1: Good on you, Rose.
0: Um their oldest daughter Melissa was 10 at the time and we'll we'll get into Melissa later. Okay. She comes up later. Um he was still doing the dad thing though and he would still visit his kids like whenever he was in the area. Um but the couple officially divorced in 1990. And this kind of seems to be, like, a bit of the, like, a catalyst. So around this time, he also tried to apply to be part of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Because, um, you know, great job for him. Like, he cares about, apparently, the law. Who knows? Uh, He's 6'7". He weighs, like, 255 pounds. Like, he's in good shape. Like probably yeah, I mean, might have, have to been get decent a who knows draft
1: horse for him but yeah
0: literally <laughs> um but he ends up getting injured and so they obviously end up not hiring him mm. um so he decides you know he's got no wife and kids anymore he gets denied from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police so he moves to a place called Cheney Washington and he starts being like a truck driver again like an interstate truck driver
1: mm.
0: but this time Because he didn't really like being a truck driver before, but it was, like, good money. And that's, like, one of the reasons he wanted to, like, join the police. But this time around, he kind of realizes, like, well, I don't have any wife and kids at home to, like, to miss, to stress about and stuff. And he's kind of, like, realizing he has a lot more freedom this time around. And he's like, you know, I'm actually into that. Like, I can kind of just do whatever I want, stay wherever I want, don't have to worry about, like, rushing home or anything.
1: Like, this is cool. I feel like we could have just left it there, but because we're talking about him, I know we're not just going to leave it there.
0: Because with freedom... (laughs) Comes great responsibility. That he did not handle well. Oh, no. So... Oh, this is so bad. Okay. January 21st of 1990... Mm -hmm. he is traveling through portland oregon and ends up stopping for the night and going to a bar he was renting like a like a place in the area so he went to like a local bar not far from the house he was renting he meets this woman named tonja bennett she is a little bit mentally disabled just slightly that's important in a second i promise i'm bringing it up for a reason. Uh, But just for context, she is, Um, you know, they hit it off. They have good conversation. He invites her back to the house he was renting. Um, He says that the fact that she was a little mentally disabled sexually excited him.
1: I'm sorry. Weird. And I
0: don't like it. I don't like it at all. Not that obviously, like mentally disabled people have every right, just like the rest of us, to have sexual urges, romantic relationships, sexual involvements, romantic involvements, okay. whatever the fuck they want.
1: But you're not they're allowed people. to be attracted to somebody because they're mentally disabled. That's As when it becomes fetishy. Weird.
0: That's when it becomes fetishization, and it's fucking weird. Like, don't do that. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. So he, so he says that they start. Like, they got into an argument, but he never said, like, what the argument was about. Um, but from his comments about that, I'm assuming he tried to make a move on her, and maybe she just, like, was not about it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, But they get into an argument, and he starts beating her. Um, yeah. He ended up punching her in the head 20 times um, to the point where her face was no longer recognizable at all. Uh, like even, yeah. Um, and then he ends up strangling her to death and dumping the body. Oh, good. We love it. Um, So August 30th of 1992, a Jane Doe is found raped and strangled near um, Blythe, California. Um, later on, Jesperson confessed to this murder as well and then he said that her name was claudia but i take everything he says with like a fucking grain of salt because we'll we'll get into that later but he's not like the most reliable person in the world okay um so the end of september of that same year so like a month later
1: mm-hmm.
0: cynthia lynn rose's body is found in turlock california So his story for what happened was that he was at a truck stop. He is sleeping in his truck, like in the cab or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was like a a prostitute who was working like the truck stop. And she just climbed into his car while he was sleeping to try to like hook up with him. Because I guess... She, like, had propositioned him earlier, and he said that he wasn't interested. And so she just, like, kind of tried to force it, I guess.
1: That's not how prostitutes work.
0: Yeah, I don't... I I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that story for a literal second. I mean, I believe that they meant a truck stop and stuff, but I, I don't believe that she just, like, climbed in this dude's truck after he already told her no while he was sleeping. Like, I... I don't believe it. Yeah. Um, so obviously murders her, strangles her, disposes of her body. So November of 1992. So just, what is that? We were in September, November, like a month later, two months later.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, Lori Ann Pentland is found in Salem, Oregon. And he said that she also was a prostitute and that they like she came over they had sex and then she tried to charge him double for it so he ends up murdering her uh he strangles her to death after she threatened to like call the police on him which is fucking stupid because like you really think a prostitute where when prostitution is illegal is going to call the police and be like hey yeah. I'm trying to do this illegal thing and they won't pay me like that's like calling and being like hey I gave my drug dealer money but they won't give me the drugs can you make them come give me the drugs
1: yeah Um, the, the, the math ain't math in there yeah not exactly so
0: we don't have another victim that we know of until June of 1993 Um, His next victim was found in Santa Nella, California. He said that her name was Carla or Cindy. Uh, And this is kind of where I say like we can't really trust him. And also we'll get into it a little bit more later on. Mm -hmm. But he said like this lady's name was Carla or Cindy. um, But they ended up finally finding out who her identity was later. And it was 45-year-old Patricia Skipple.
1: Wow. That is not even remotely close to either of the names he gave. Which I mean...
0: So when her body was found, the police originally didn't even classify it as a murder. They thought it was actually just like a drug overdose, like an accidental overdose. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get the impression it's not like explicitly stated, but it kind of sounds like she was like a like homeless or something like, you know, kind of living on the streets type of a deal, which is part of the reason they thought it was just like an OD instead. So, I mean, it's possible that she could have just given him a fake name. Like, you know, like she was working as a prostitute or something I was like, "Yeah, just call me Carla or whatever. So yeah. I don't want to say he's necessarily wrong, but also not neither of those names are close to Patricia, So he could have also just, yeah, like like remembered it wrong.
1: You're not technically wrong, but you could have been a lot more right, yeah, exactly.
0: So yeah, her her death was actually just classified as a drug overdose until he confessed and they like connected the details and were like, oh, shit, <laughs> that was a murder. Oh. Um, there is another one in September of nineteen ninety four, which was another Jane Doe. Mm-hmm. Um, and all we really know about her besides the fact that she was strangled to death uh, in Crestview, Florida, is that um, he said her name was Suzanne that's it
1: jeez
0: so January of 1995 um he picks up a girl named Angela Sir um near Spokane Washington Mm -hmm. which if you remember is where his fucking ex-wife and kids live oh yeah yeah probably was up there visiting them and fucking murdered this girl Jesus Christ um, so actually he like went way off of his MO here and she actually hung out with him for like a whole week. Like he kind of picked her up as like a runaway type of deal.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, and she, well, <sighs> runaway is not the word I want. A uh, hitchhiker. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. So she picked him up and he was supposed, or he picked her up and he was supposed to drive her to Indiana. Cause that's where he was going for his next um, like thing or passing through there or whatever, going in that direction. And she was supposed to be meeting up with her boyfriend at Indiana. So she was riding with him for about a week. And then she was like kind of getting on his case and being like, can we go faster? Can we hurry up? I want to get there. I want to get to my boyfriend. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And he got really annoyed about it. Um, So he rapes her. Okay. Hated. And then he, chokes her um though it's unclear if she was strangled to death before this happened or if she was just like choked into unconsciousness so i cannot verify if she was alive or deceased for this next part um but then he tied her body underneath his semi truck and drug her along the road um Jesus. Face down to gr- in his own words, grind off her face and her prints, wow, I fucking hate it, which I'm assuming if he's like tying her body up and shit, like I'm assu- i'm 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 assuming she was deceased, like because he would have otherwise had to worry about like, oh, ok, how long is she going to be unconscious? Can I d- you know what I mean, like, maneuver her without waking her up and all of that stuff? Yeah, so. I'm preferred to think that she was deceased.
1: Yeah, for her sake, I hope so.
0: Um, so just two months later, on the 10th of March, um, he had met this woman named Julie Ann Winningham in Washugal, Washington. Um, and he really liked her. He was super into her, like treated her very well. Um, but then he found out or, like, it kind of, like, became really obvious that she was, like, kind of gold digging. Like, she wanted a husband that who, like, he was a trucker. So, like, a husband who would leave her fuck alone most of the year and then make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, when he found out, <laughs> he choked her to death. <sighs> so. Uh, but this became important. Because this was the only person he ever killed that he knew. Because up to this point, it was just, like, random prostitutes and, like, street people and stuff. Um, So he's brought in, obviously, because his fucking fiancé died. (laughs) Um, He's questioned. He's, like, refuses to talk. They question him for six hours, but he doesn't, like, really say anything at all. Like, just completely refuses to talk. And so they let him go. So he this was on the 22nd that he's questioned right Mm -hmm. of 22nd of march so he goes home from this interrogation and tries to commit suicide by overdosing on sleeping pills um his body freaks the fuck out as it usually does when people as, try to overdose with pills. Does. And he like immediately throws up and throws up all the pills. So it didn't work out for him. Hmm. The next day, he tries to commit suicide again. This time he tries to hang himself, but he's too heavy. And it, he ends up just like breaking the rope.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: Um, so he's in a dark place. If We've tried to commit suicide twice. The day after this, the second attempt, he ends up writing this big letter to his brother, Brad. This big long letter where he confesses <laughs> to murdering eight people over five years. Uh. Um, his brother immediately is like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. He like, he, so he writes a letter, sends it to his brother, goes to the police and is like hey i murdered julie the police like send him back because this wasn't sorry let me back up i realized i didn't say where this happened this shit happened in washington obviously where she lived in washugal so they question him for the that six hours or whatever that was in washington he flees to arizona tries to commit suicide the two times doesn't work out. Writes the letter. Mails it to his brother. Goes to the police in Arizona. And tells them, hey, I killed Julie. The Arizona police send him back to Washington. When he gets to Washington, by this point, the brother has gotten the letter and turned it into the police. Yeah. So the police are like, yeah, the like... You already said you killed her. We got a whole letter saying you killed like eight people. What the fuck is going on? (laughs) So uh, he just pretty much immediately starts like spilling the tea. (laughs) He like is telling them details about the crimes. He's like making a lot of wild claims about like other murders. Like at one point he claimed to have killed 185 people. Jesus Christ. Uh, He ended up taking back a lot of these later on. Uh, But he's just, he's going ham. And this made police in Washington, Oregon, California, Florida, Nebraska, and Wyoming all start opening up their cold case files to identify possible victims.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: And actually, they did find, like, a lot of possible victims. Like, they actually did not as many as the 185. um, And he was only really, like... Not necessarily convicted, but, like, pretty, like, 100% sure he killed these, like, eight people. hmm But they did find a lot, like, dozens of other cases that were very likely he could have done.
1: Oh, shit. So,
0: there's that. Um, so, you know, he confesses also to the murder of Angela. And they end up finding her body by the details that he gives. hmm So has his whole thing. Um, he's sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. So he gets um, a life sentence for the murder of Tonja or er, Julie and okay. then Tonja and then Lori. And then he ends up. So he sends to those in Oregon state Penn in Salem, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And so in September of 2009, he's indicted to Riverside County, California, and he's sent there in December And then he was convicted for the murder of Angela Sabrese at that point and gets another like a fourth life sentence in January of 2010.
1: Okay. So he's never getting out. (laughs)
0: Yeah. No, this man is never going anywhere. Thank fucking God. Yeah, seriously. Thank fucking God.
1: I hate him so much. Yeah, that was a fucking wait a minute. You never told me his moniker. Oh yeah, we're not done. Oh no what done. do you mean we're not done? He's um, arrested. He's in prison. How are we not done? <laughs> what do you what do you mean? So there were some things I didn't talk about yet. Why are you like this?
0: Uh at, well at one point this isn't really that like wild, but it's also just kind of like a weird fucking like mm. what the hell? Um so when they are first um, investigating Tonja Bennett's murder, so the first fucking girl he murdered,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, this woman named Laverne Pavlinak, she, okay, so she sees all the news reports about Tonja's death, and she's like, you know what this would be? A great opportunity to get away from my long-term abusive boyfriend. <laughs> what? Yep. John Sovanovsky. She's like, you know what? I'm going to get away from my boyfriend. He sucks.
1: That feels like weird timing,
0: but okay. So she goes to the police. She gives them a false confession. Making up this story about how her boyfriend forced her to help him rape, murder, and get rid of the body.
1: <sighs> I so see how they this both... is connected
0: now. <laughs> yeah, they both get arrested <sighs> March 5th of 1990. And they were both convicted of murder on February 8th of 1991. So, that's fun. So, Sovanovsky was sentenced to life in prison. And How? Pavlinak was sentenced to 10 years. Which was a lot longer than she thought. Which How? I don't know what the fuck she thought was going to happen. Like, it was a murder. It's not like you're like, hey, I helped him, like, steal something. Or steal a car or something. Like, this is murder, dog.
1: How? bad does your relationship have to be to do that to, to get like, away? <laughs> send both of you to prison to get out of it like what and
0: she like okay when she got sentenced she almost immediately was like I made all that shit up but like it was too late right at like, that they point like, they're like
1: mm, too bad no so you're
0: convicted you're sentenced like you did this we but, don't care how did they convict her without a body oh no they found
1: the they found oh, her body okay there is a body i was like
0: yeah yeah no they disposed of it but like it was found um gotcha. but they were released um in january 7th of 1996 mm-hmm. uh after serving more than five years <laughs> Um, because uh jesperson was like arrested And, like, he had confessed to the murder and gave them, like, actual real evidence and, like, details that weren't printed in the newspaper. Um, So, he was, like, actually convicted of it. He also helped them, like, one of the things that really, like, kind of sealed the deal Mm -hmm. is he gave the police, like, direct instructions to where he had disposed of her purse. And, like, it was still there. Like, they found it. Yeah. And so, they ended up letting them out of prison and, obviously... He was fucking given a life sentence for it.
1: I just know you thought your relationship was bad before. Like, have we followed up with her? Is she still alive?
0: Right. Like, is she okay? Are Cause, okay, like, because that, yeah, like your relationship has to be very, very, very bad. Like, not saying that she like went bad to back to him,
1: but like, I feel like if he's being that abusive that she went to that extreme of a measure that, like, he's not above killing her for sending him to jail. So, like, have we followed up with her? Is she okay?
0: But, yeah, so his moniker Mm -hmm. is the Happy Face Killer. What the fuck? Um, Which is not as gruesome as you may think. It's not like he wears, like, a creepy smiley face mask or (laughs) anything like that.
1: I was picturing, like, (laughs) you
0: want to know how I got these scars? (laughs) honestly that's what i thought the first time i saw that i was like oh shit what the fuck is gonna be happening please tell me this is not heath ledger inspired um (laughs) but then i found out it was 1955 so it's fine um but so obviously when bennett was murdered because that was his first murder Mm -hmm. and then like it obviously made the news that these people confessed to it like this was like a big news story that this girl got murdered so he was upset that all the attention was going to those people. Mm-hmm. So he ended up writing a full confession on the bathroom wall of a truck stop. Jesus. And then he signed it with like a big old smiley face. <sighs> uh, that didn't really like get any attention. Like he really he really thought he popped off with that one. Like he really thought he popped off with that one. Uh, but nothing really came of it it like didn't make any news stories no one really said anything about it uh so he got angry at that and he started writing letters to media outlets and like police departments like confessing to the murders he the very first one he ever sent was a six page letter to the org orgonian gonian i i Didn't realize I didn't know how to say that word out loud until I tried to say it. In my head, it makes sense. But when I tried to say it out loud, it did not. It it no longer made sense. Oregon with I-A-N at the end. Oregonians? Oregonians? Oregonian? I don't know. Anyways. Um, But anyways, he sent it to that newspaper. And he was, like, revealing details, like, that the police wouldn't know. Or not that the police wouldn't know, but, like, that newspapers wouldn't know. Yeah. Um but that's when he was dubbed the happy face killer cuz he would sign all of them with the little smiley face. That's and ridiculous. then I also have a little Where is it? A little clip of him talking. Jeez. Oh, talking about the murders. Hold please. I'm going to try to play this through the through the speaker, and hopefully you can hear it. (laughs) We're going to try. If not, I will try to place it in later. Yeah. Maybe. Jail, Jesperson went into even more detail about the killings. Well, I am responsible for the half-fuse killing, um, which includes
1: eight people in five states, and uh, there are a lot of victims out there and I'm very sorry. I'm, I didn't... For the life of me, I can't understand myself. Why? The 40-year-old... Like, what the fuck? What? For the life of me, I can't understand why. Because you fucking killed them. Because you suck. Like, what? Ah! <laughs> I thought you would hate that little quote. Yeah, I fucking hate it. Thanks for that. <clears throat>
0: uh, do, do you want to end this on a positive note? is there a positive note there is
1: a positive note what's the positive note
0: the positive
1: note is about his daughter oh oh that's right you said we're gonna circle back to her yeah so
0: melissa uh i'm not gonna her last name is different now and i'm not gonna say it because i don't want y'all stalking her anymore we respect people i'm not making it that easy um but she, the first time she ever appeared on anything publicly was in November of 2008. She appeared on Dr. Phil to talk about it. Um, she's also been on Oprah Winfrey. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Monster in My Family. It's like a lifetime show I where they love that show. I like that one too. Um, she was in a 2020 special on ABC. Um, she's a correspondent for Crime Watch Daily. Um, also in 2008, which I think was right before she made all of these appearances obviously um she ended up writing a book um it's called shattered silence the untold story of a serial killer's daughter she talks about like living with him going you know living through her parents divorce how her father was different um she also told a story that like really fucking stuck with me circling back to the animal thing (laughs) Because I know you wanted to go back there.
1: No, I thought we left that behind us. She watched her father.
0: Because he would regularly kill, like, stray cats, gophers, like, shit like that that would, like, wander onto their property. Because they had, like, a little bit of an apple orchard, like, in their backyard. It wasn't actually, like, their yard. It was, like, kind of the one right next to them. Mm -hmm. But, like, you could see it out the back window, kind of a deal.
1: Yeah.
0: And he would regularly kill, like I said, like, stray cats, gophers, shit like that. Uh, but he found a parcel of kittens, uh, which no. he probably fucking killed their mom. No. Let's be real. No, 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 no And in no, front of no, her, no, no. Uh, probably aware that she, she was watching, he hung, he hung them up from their clothesline. No. Uh, obviously, she went and got her mom. By the time they got okay. out of there, the kittens had passed away. Um, and she said that he just sat there and like was laughing at them as they're like freaking the fuck out. Obviously, I hate you. Yeah, I fucking hate him. Yeah, that's fucking disgusting. Um, but she's been in lots more things. In 2014, she wrote an article for the BBC. She's been on Investigation Discovery. Um, evil lives here. She's in the episode called "Put on a Happy Face." She was on a podcast. They did um, a series, a twelve episode series with her that's Mm -hmm. called "Happy Face" um, by the podcast "How Stuff Works." Okay. Um, As soon as June of twenty twenty one, she also um, she also what's the word I'm looking for was in a podcast, another True Crime podcast um, called "Life After Happy Face." Uh, That she hosts, and then it's her and a forensic criminologist named Laura Petler. Oh, interesting. So she's become very successful. Good on her. She's done a lot of shit, and especially too. Like, I know some people might be like, well, you shouldn't capitalize on blah, blah, blah. No, fuck that. She had to live with this. Her dad fucking sucks, and she can cope with it any way she wants to and i am in a big support of her turning this into something like positive for her. Yeah. So. Good for her. Good for Melissa. We like Melissa.
1: Yeah, no, i'm i'm proud of her. <laughs> yeah, no. She is great. Um but all right guys.
0: That's all i have. You know the drill. Stay spooky but uh not so spooky that you touch animals. I'm not going to get into detail, but just yeah, don't no, touch them. Not that them. spooky.
1: Nah, that spooky. Stay far mm-hmm. away
0: from that spooky. Do not touch them.
1: If you're d- even don't. in the realm of that spooky, you're on the wrong podcast. I'm going to need you to exit stage left.
0: Yeah, d- just as a general, if you have ever tortured or killed an animal uh, for like any reason,
1: outside of humane euthanasia working in a veterinary setting,
0: Exactly, like that's different. But like, if you have ever caused an animal undue harm for no reason,
1: I hope your left sock is uncomfortably damp for the rest of your life.
0: Oh no, I I hope you fall downstairs, like break your neck. Please, like if that is you, exit the podcast. I don't want you. I don't want your listens. I literally don't care. I don't want them.
1: You done Uh... it. Get the fuck out. Thanks. Okay. Day spooky, um, but not so spooky that you get mad because somebody used your murder as an out for their abusive relationship, so then you write a confession note on a bathroom stall and sign it with a happy face. And then get mad when people don't pay attention to it. <laughs> and then get even madder because nobody gives a fuck about your confession note on the side of a <laughs> bathroom stall, so then you start writing newspapers and police stations and still signing it with a happy face. Not that spooky. I hate this stupid fucking man so much. <laughs> Same. I'm looking at
0: pictures of his face right now and just being angry. <laughs> just mean mugging it. <laughs> Literally, I'm just, like, angry. Uh, Fuck this dude. Okay, any, I can't I can't think about this anymore. So, I hate him
1: so much. Go to our Beacons page. Follow us on all the things. Um, we have a couple of Survivor websites on there. Um, we have the Ghost Tours of St. Augustine on there. We have... All of our social media on there. We have everything on there. Everything you could possibly want. Bitches and murders. is on our Beacons page. So go to it. That's the place. Follow all of the things. Stay spooky.
0: Stay spooky.